Elizabeth Coleman, also known as Bessie Coleman, was born in 1892. And today we are going to be talking about her and her struggles and how she overcame her struggles to become a great aviator. She was actually born the definition of dirt poor. Her parents reared her and her 13 siblings the best that they could in the environment that they were in. She was born when her conditions dictated what she could accomplish. Opportunities for her as a woman were scarce and her skin color was also another barrier. There were expectations for her to become a sharecropper just as her parents. Bessie, though, would not allow this to dictate her destiny. While growing, Bessie helped her mom with doing laundry for neighbors and also helped with sharecropping. She was unwilling, though, to just be a housemaid or a cotton or, um, picker or sharecropper for the rest of her life. She wanted and she knew that she could do greater things with her life. At one point, her dad, of partially Native American descent, wanted the family to move to an Indian reservation, but Bessie's mom was not satisfied with the move because her mom believed that blacks had a better chance in Texas than being a Native American in Texas. So her mom moved some of the family to Waxahachie, Texas. Because she had saved enough, some money for college, Bessie enrolled, which was then called Oklahoma Colored Agricultural and Normal University located in Langston, Oklahoma. This school is now called Langston University. She did not have enough funds to complete college and not seeing any prospects to help her accomplish much in Texas, she went to Chicago to live with her brothers. When she got to Chicago, she took classes as a beauty consultant and she became a manicurist in a barbershop. Bessie, though, still didn't see this as a direction that she wanted for her future. At this time, aviation was in its infancy. Planes were used during World War I, but after the war, there was not a large industry nor a great use for them. Bessie's brothers, who served in World War I, told her stories of the war and the planes. Bessie read about planes in the magazines and newspapers she could get her hands on to read. She was just beginning to see what she wanted to do. One day, her brother, who was said to have been drunk, sneered and insulted her and told her that she would never be able to be a pilot, that she would never be able to have the freedom that the French women had. She would not be able to be like the French women who flew planes. These words ignited the brewing flame inside of Bessie. Despite any obstacles, she was going to become a pilot. She started a new job as a manager at a chili joint in Chicago to save more money to go to flight school. She applied to many, if not all, the flight schools in the U.S. She was rejected from all of them, not only because she was a woman, but also because she was black. In Chicago, Bessie befriended and got to know Robert Abbott who was a one of the first black millionaires in the U.S. Robert Abbott saw Bessie's potential and he was gladly willing to help finance her dream of becoming a pilot. He told her, though, that because of the discrimination and racism in America, she wouldn't be able to become a pilot in America, but she would have to go to France to learn to fly. At that time, the French did not care about the color of a person or if a man or a woman wanted to learn to fly. They taught those who were wanting to learn. Abbott was also the owner of the Chicago Defender, and Abbott liked to publish stories of Blacks' achievements to reach his Black audience, who was the primary reader of the Chicago Defender. It was a Black newspaper, and he wanted to encourage Blacks to take their dreams and what they wanted and to achieve those, because even though there was racism and segregation and a lot of things were not 
open for black people. He wanted black people to know that it was still possible to get where they wanted to go. So he was excited to help Bessie go to flight school because she was a black female who could help break a stigma and encourage blacks. Because Bessie had to go to France to learn to fly, she took night classes to learn the French language. After Bessie had saved enough money and she had learned the language sufficiently, she embarked on her journey to France to learn to fly at the Cadron Brothers School of Aviation in La Courtois, France. Because flying was still very much in its infancy, there was a lot that was still being learned about flying. While in school, Bessie did see a pilot fall to their death while flying. She was rattled, but she did not let the scenario alter her decision to learn to fly. She is said to have trained and tested planes in France, Germany, Holland, and Switzerland with pilots such as World War I, Germany's pilot Captain Keller, and Anthony Fokker, who was known as a flying Dutchman. After seven months in flight school in June 1921, she was awarded the Federation Aeronautic International, becoming the first American woman to hold an international pilot's license. When she came back to the States, she was still not able to do all that she wanted to do with her newly learned skills. After World War I, there was not a large use for planes, and many pilots used their skills to learn and to do tricks with their planes to entertain crowds. She gave U.S. flight schools another chance to accept her to go to their schools, but again, they denied her entry into the schools. She went back to France to train more specifically in acrobatic flying. When Bessie returned to the U.S. a second time on August 14, 1922, on the fourth page of the New York Times, a small paragraph was given to Bessie. It said, Nigiro Aviatrix arrives. Bessie Coleman flew planes of many types in Europe. Termed by leading French and Dutch aviators, one of the best flyers they had seen, Miss Bessie Coleman, said to be the only Negro aviatrix in the world, returned from Europe yesterday to give a series of exhibitions in the country, particularly among her own people. At Steyaken, the flying field outside of Berlin, Miss Coleman, without any instruction, flew a 220-horsepower Benz-motored LFG plane, winning for herself, according to documents she brought back, the distinction of having piloted the largest plane ever flown by a woman. German newspapers spoke in high terms of her ability. Miss Coleman visited Amsterdam where she flew planes manufactured by Anthony G. F. Fokker and at Friedrichshafen. She gave a series of flights in a Dornier flying boat. Though there was a small dis distinction given to Miss Coleman in the New York Times, many black newspapers and specifically the Chicago Defender, put her name across their papers, telling of her wonderful, wonderful exploits that she accomplished while in Europe. In the U.S., she began doing barnstorming shows for people for about five years. Barnstorming is when a pilot did tricks with her planes, usually for a crowd, which would pay to see it. These started in barns, hence their name. She flew her first show on September 3, 1922, on Glenn Curtis Field, in Garden City, New York. Because of her shows and her endeavor to fulfill her dream, she would become known as Brave Bessie, Queen Bess, and the only race aviatrix in the world. Bessie used her status to encourage and help black people. In the 1920s, there was a lot of discrimination. She fought this racism by refusing to give shows unless both blacks and whites could go through the same entrance to view the show. 
The places where she did her shows would agree to her terms for the show, and blacks and whites could go through the same entrance to view her shows. She could provide entertainment to both blacks and whites in her shows without at least one form of discrimination at her shows. She gave lessons, showed films about flying, and gave lectures to people all over the country, specifically black people, encouraging them to learn to fly. She raised money to open a flight school for blacks to learn to fly. In February 1923, she was in a plane accident that resulted in a broken leg, cracked ribs, and facial injuries. Her plane had stalled and crashed. She told reporters that she was going to return to flying, and she returned to flying. Unfortunately, in 1926, her and her mechanic flight tested her newly bought plane before a show. She did not put her seatbelt on as she wanted to be able to look over the plane. There was a failure in the plane, and she fell from the plane to her death. The mechanic was not able to gain control of the plane, and he was also killed when the plane crashed. At the young age of 34, Miss Bessie Coleman died in Jacksonville, Florida. About 10,000 to 15,000 people attended her funeral in Chicago, while about 5,000 people attended her funeral in Florida. Some years later, Black flyers were known to drop flowers at her grave, honoring her because she gave them the courage to learn to fly. The flyer, William J. Powell, realized Bessie Coleman's dream of a flight school when he opened a flying school for black women and men, naming it Bessie Coleman Aviators Club. She was a light that encouraged her race and woman to believe and conquer anything that they wanted to do. Her spirit is credited with giving the Tuskegee Airmen the advantage and courage to be the team that they were during World War II, while motivating many other blacks to go and learn to fly. She was honored for her commitment to progress for blacks in the field of aviation by the U.S. Postal Service on April 27, 1995. They said in their statement of her, Bessie Coleman continues to inspire untold thousands, even millions, of young persons with her sense of adventure, her positive attitude, and her determination to succeed. Elizabeth Coleman, a black and Native American woman who refused to believe that she was subject to someone else's narrative, inspired others. In June of this year, 2021, it will be 100 years since Bessie Coleman went out and achieved her dream to become a pilot. She maintains her legacy and title as Brave Bessie. Thank you for listening to The Minority Truth. Please share this podcast or if you'd like to encourage or to be part of the process that helps encourage other minorities or other people to succeed, to progress, then you can visit us at theminoritytruth.com, Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, or Instagram.